Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. All right, y'all, let's wrap up this series. Calm down, calm down. It turns out we currently face the same dilemma a man named Daniel faced over 2,600 years ago. And Daniel was Jewish, which means that he belonged to the people of God. And back then, Jewish people were the only people who had access to God. So if we lived back then, y'all, we would be out of luck. But thanks to Jesus Christ, he died. And he had, when he did that, he adopted us into his family when he rose again. That is good stuff. And we're shouting about it. Thank you, Jesus. Man. But since Daniel was Jewish, you'd assume, ah, oh, he's around the people of God. They probably obeyed all the scriptures and just did, did things God's way. But unfortunately, when he lived, the Jewish people were drifting away from the ways of God. But Daniel was one of the few that stood for righteousness when all of his friends and family were kind of drifting into the world's way instead of God's way. And because everybody was drifting, things didn't turn out so well for them. They ended up getting captured by King Nebuchadnezzar and then taken to Babylon to serve him and his kingdom. Bummer. But we kicked off this series talking about how culture has a mission to strip away your God-given identity by compromising your standards, and that creates a confrontation in our lives. And the truth is we don't struggle or we don't do well with this confrontation. We either get really frustrated and upset and start spewing truth out of our mouths like it's some kind of toxic substance, or we just take a back seat because we're just kind of like, I don't know if I should even get into this. And then we start advocating for sin without even realizing what we're doing. The thing is, what do we need? We need compassion and we need truth working together. We need to confront these issues, but with a motivation of love and only with a motivation of love. And then in part two, we learned how to recognize when culture is trying to trap us in their belief system. Because every ounce of ungodly behavior is rooted in one thing, when we elevate ourselves. And we start by elevating ourselves above others, like maybe we elevate our race, or our education, or our achievements. And then we go so far as to elevate ourselves above God. And most people would stop right there and be like, uh-uh, I wouldn't do that. I would never elevate myself above God. But the truth of the matter is, anytime you choose your way instead of God's way, you're elevating yourself above God. And don't look at me like you haven't done it, because I know we all have in this room. This is pro- that was probably the toughest message in this series, but if you, let, if you humble yourselves and allow the word of God to transform your mind, it'll bring the most freedom to you. So if you're wanting some freedom, I want you to go back and listen to part two in this series, which is on our website, because it'll bring you freedom. I can promise you that. But we followed that tough message with the message about love, which was nice and refreshing. Gave you all a little pat on the back after that. And it's actually the most important thing that we do, because God's made it clear without love, our life is just going to be a bunch of noise. It's not going to make a difference. But last week, one of our small group leaders, Simon Ratcliffe, gave us some tips on how to stand firm in our beliefs. That was good stuff. It can be a bit scary to take a stand when the truth is always being criticized, but you don't got to be afraid because when you take a stand, Jesus stands with you. He's there with you. He protects you. He gives you courage. He, so get out there and take a stand, y'all, because you ain't got nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing to be afraid of. And now that we know how to take a stand in love, I'm going to wrap up this series today talking about how we can all stay united in the midst of all this division that's going on around us. We live in a season where the devil is going all out on creating division. Anybody notice? People are divided over their opinion about President Trump. Racism is fueled by the media. They're fueling it, making it happen. Heck, we're even divided over a mask on our face. And I wouldn't be surprised actually to find out about a church split happening because this one side over here believes that masks are savior, uh, saviors of the universe, while this other side believes they're marks of the beast. 
Seriously, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that these days because it's so crazy. But we don't have to take part in any of this because we can choose to maintain unity. And in doing so, we're actually being obedient to the word of God. Let me show you. It's found in Ephesians 4, verse 3. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Aren't you glad you only have to put in a little bit of effort to remain united? No, it says make every effort to stay united. What does that mean? It's going to take some work, (laughs) y'all. Is shaming people over a mask making every effort to maintain unity? No. How about getting upset with somebody who's a Trump supporter or who's not a Trump supporter? (laughs) Everybody's going to identify themselves in the room. All right. Just trying to make this practical for you guys, but let's keep reading. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. One, 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 one. Apparently there is something important about oneness, right? Yet there's not a whole lot of oneness going on these days. Keep in mind the scripture was not written to the world. It was written to the church. It was written to us. So here at church, we set the example for the world by being one with each other. This doesn't mean we all agree on We all have to agree on the mask issue or who the president should be or if patriotism is a good thing or if patriotism is a bad thing. We don't have to agree on that stuff. Believe it or not, we can maintain unity even when we disagree on some things. But there are some things we do have to all agree on, and I'm going to tell you about those here in a minute. But before I do that, let me show you how important oneness is to Jesus. So this is Jesus here, and he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, he was talking about his 12 disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. This means he's praying for you. Everybody say, Jesus is praying for me. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe. There's the purpose. You sent me. Are y'all getting this? Our unity in the body of Christ is what leads people to Jesus. We get caught up in trying to figure out how to witness to the world. We think we're not doing enough outreach or we don't have enough faith or like whatever it is. And then we have at the same time people in the church upset over a mask or a Facebook post or something that they heard that may or may not be true. And they're upset with somebody else in the church. And then we're like, well, why is our outreach not working? Why are we not getting anywhere? Because you got to have unity. Unity is what, in the church is what leads people to Jesus. Everybody say unity. unity. It's important. And we got to make every effort to remain united. Let's see what Jesus says next. He says, I have given them the glory you gave me so that they can be one as we are one. Woo! Jesus gave us what we needed to say in unity. Because I, I don't know if you realize this, but our effort probably would not go very far. I am in them as, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know, there it is again, that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So it's clear as day. Without unity, we're not going to be leading anybody to Jesus. Ain't going to happen. But if we all protect unity by choosing peace, believing the best, mm, not being easily offended, that's how we become a church that leads the world towards Jesus. Everybody say unity. Unity. All right. But let me remind you, that doesn't mean that we're going to agree on everything. I'm going to vote for Trump on November 2nd, but you might not. But I don't have to let that cause division between us. That's my choice. I don't have to let that cause division. You don't either. I don't wear a mask, but I also don't feel the need to tell you that you have to do the same thing that I'm doing. We can remain united whether you wear a mask or not, whether I wear a mask or not. We can just remain united. It's good stuff. Early in our marriage, Beth and I had some pretty intense arguments. We still have arguments today. They're just usually not as intense. Those are far and few between. 
But I remember getting upset with Beth early in our marriage about her clothes being on the floor. I wanted a tidy space, and she didn't seem to care. So I would destroy unity over a pile of clothes on the floor. That's what I was doing. And there's also a certain way that dishes go in the sink. This might be a lesson for some of you. You know, you rinse them off on the side. (laughs) Sit down, babe. You can have another Sunday. (laughs) You rinse off your dishes on the side with the garbage disposal, right? And then you put them on the other side if they're not going right into the dishwasher. So that this side stays open for the next dish that needs to be rinsed off. Beth disagrees. She thinks the dishes go on both sides of the sink. (laughs) Y'all, she's fooling you. She's acting like she always puts her dishes in the dishwasher. So back early in our marriage, I would destroy unity over a plate that was on the wrong side of the sink, y'all. Listen, newlyweds coming right up. Y'all can, y'all can learn from this and not even go through this mess. All right. Well, guess what, y'all? There is still a pile of clothes on her side of the bed in our bedroom. The difference, well, there's still, she still puts dishes in the wrong side of the sink, even though she acts like she puts them in the dishwasher. I'll tell you the truth. But let me tell you what is different. I choose to maintain unity despite our differences. If the clothes are bothering me, I pick them up. And I honestly have a little chuckle whenever I'm picking them up at how big the pile has gotten. (laughs) You're laughing because you know it's true. (laughs) All right, everyone say perfect unity. That's what we're after here at church. We're not trying to create a cult where we all agree on everything, but we do agree on the most important things, all right? One God, one body of Christ, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith. And we can break this down into three things that we all need to agree on in order to maintain unity here at church. And when, when, we, when we unite on these matters, we're going to lead the world to Jesus. So here's the first one. And if you're taking notes, here's where you fill in that first blank. Y'all, we have one enemy. One. A lot of different groups have formed. There's a lot of issues going on in culture right now that need to be dealt with. But behind them all is one enemy. John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. We have one enemy. He's a thief. He has a mission. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not a person. It's not an issue. It's the devil. He's our one enemy. And if you're like me, you've had a hard time with this one lately. Because I've seen some Facebook posts that made me think that one of my own friends was the enemy. Or that politician. You know what I mean? Or that business. Over and over again, I have to remind myself of Ephesians 6.12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against people. We're never fighting against people. We're not fighting against Democrats. Or Republicans. Or Nancy Pelosi. Not even her, guys. But if we're not fighting against people, what are we fighting against? Well, it goes on to say, we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Something that you've got to realize in the scripture is that there's still a fight. There is a fight going on. We've just been fighting against the wrong thing. 
We've been arguing with people when we should have been fighting the battle in the spiritual through prayer and worship. Y'all, you're not going to argue with someone and change their mind. I tried, I even tried this last week and it didn't work. I was like, I got the right words this time. It's going to work. And it didn't work because the battle isn't with people. You got to take the battle to the spiritual realm. So when you see one of your friends deceived, you don't argue with them. You pray for them because the prayers of the righteous produce wonderful results. Take a look at this scripture, James 5, 16. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed because the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. I think we could all use a little boost in our prayer life because I'll tell on myself a little bit, I have never realized the power of prayer until this year of my life. And it even happened this last week. Beth woke up not feeling well. I went upstairs, like just a move of faith came over me and I prayed for her. I was like, she is not gonna have her whole day with a headache and whatever she was dealing with, I prayed for her. And it was like an hour and a half later. She, I, and my, my prayer exactly was, Lord, spark energy inside of her so that she just like comes out of whatever she's going through right now and then walks out the rest of her day with it awesome energy. And it's exactly what happened. An hour and a half later, I came downstairs and she's like, I don't know what happened. I feel so good. That Tylenol finally kicked in. I was like, no, Tylenol kicks in in 30 minutes, not an hour and a half. Jesus came and he healed you. All right. (laughs) But we have to get to a point y'all where we can look at somebody who supports abortion and not get upset with them, but recognize that they're being deceived. And this battle will only be won in the spiritual. There's a practical for you. But if you hate him as a person, your prayer is not going to be effective. And that's why the enemy works so hard at getting you to hate people. Getting you to hate people. So don't hate people. Hate the deception. Hate the deception and fight the battle in the spiritual realm. Because we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We need to be united on this. We're not fighting against people. We're not fighting against people, but we are in a fight. We have one enemy and we're going to win. We're going to win. So fight with courage and use God's mighty weapons, which is also known as the word of God, in case you wondered what that was. And you don't throw the word at people, but you share the word with people when the time's right. And you also have to be intentional about using the word of God in your prayer time. That's the best way you can pray. Use the word of God. And here's the next way we all need to get united. And that's one heart. We may not agree on like the style of music that we sing here at church or how loud it should be, or maybe even the temperature that the room should be during our services. I don't know. Some of y'all are shivering, some are hot, some are perfect. But we do agree that we want, we want to help people. We have one heart in that. In Acts 4.32, it says that all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. So becoming one in heart is it's kind of a, an intangible idea. You're like, well, what does that really mean? So I want to make it, make it practical for you by giving three ways that we can become one in heart. And the first thing is we got to learn from others. When the racial tensions took full force this year, I was taken by surprise because I honestly didn't think that there was still a racism issue. Because I'm not racist. There's nothing, there's nothing racist that goes on in my mind. I don't hang out with racist people. So I'm like, is this really an issue? And because of this, I I didn't understand. And it was tempting to just write it off as nothing, as something that was being blown out of proportion. But then I see my friends over here hurting and struggling. And I'm like, huh, there must be something that I don't know, that I don't understand. And I knew I wouldn't get understanding by talking to one of my white friends. Because white people just, we all have the same experience in that issue. So I went and talked to three of my black friends. I said, you got to help me. 
I want to gain understanding. Can you help me understand why this is making you so upset? And I learned. I didn't go to push my ideas on him. I didn't go to say anything. I went to listen. Just tell me. I need to hear this. And they helped me see these issues through their own experiences, which are experiences that I would never have. And it opened my eyes. I was like, oh, that's why this is such a, tr- such a, such a struggle. And I also learned that racism actually still goes on here in Owasso, which that took me by surprise. It goes on in our school systems. It's just it's ridiculous. But when we don't understand what someone is going through, we tend to get upset by the things that they say or that they do. In other words, it destroys unity when we don't take time to understand, when we don't put in the effort to understand. It's not that you're going to agree with them, but what happens whenever you gain understanding and see things through their point of view is you gain compassion, and then you're able to help them, and you're able to pray for them. And that's why we're given this instruction in James 1.19. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. There's been a lot of fast speaking lately, right? And honestly, they want you to speak fast. And uh, you're kind of fussed at if you don't speak fast enough, and then you're fussed at if you say the wrong thing. That's what we're going through. But let me tell you, I'm not going to speak fast, because I got some learning to do first. I got to figure out what's going on here. We should all be quick to listen, quick to gain understanding, running to gain that understanding, running to our friends that would have insight into this issue, and then slow to speak, because those are the keys to not getting angry at somebody for something that you don't even understand, but that you think that you do. And here's the next way we become one in heart, and that's empathize with others. If you want to become one with others in heart, you have to feel what they feel, hurt when they hurt, rejoice when they rejoice. And the only way to do this is to invest time in relationships, because you only really care about somebody when you get to know them and you've spent some time with them. You understand what they're going through. That's why we read this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, share each other's burdens. I haven't heard a message on that, like, ever. I mean, this isn't some, a scripture that we like to pull out at church and say, look at this scripture. <laughs> Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So if we want to walk around in unity, we can't just walk around like numb to what's going on in the lives of those around us. We have to be engaged. We have to care. Sometimes we get so focused on our own hurts, our own pains, our own struggles, our own life, that we don't even realize what's going on in the people around us. But we have to open our eyes, and we have to come to church intentional about seeing, I wonder what's going on in these people's lives. I wonder what's going on in their life. And one of the best ways to do this is in small groups. It really is. If, you, if you've yet to go all in in a small group, I encourage you to do that in this next semester, which, comes, which starts in just a couple of weeks. I know it can be tough to add something to your schedule, but small groups is the best way to build these relationships. You're like, I'll build them on Sunday. No, you don't build those relationships on Sunday. You build them when you're in a group of eight people, and you all get to share each other's heart and listen to each other. It's good stuff. Here's one more practical way to become one in heart, and that's love others. We talked about this in detail a few weeks ago, but we will never become one in heart if we don't love each other the way that the Bible tells us to in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's read just one, one uh, verse from that chapter. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So I want you all to remember this the next time somebody has a political viewpoint that's different than yours. You don't give up on them. You don't lose faith. You remain hopeful, and because of this, your relationship will endure every circumstance. Y'all, we need to learn to love people we don't agree with. We need to learn to choose joy when we're around people that rub us the wrong way. Let's learn from each other, empathize with each other, and ultimately love each other. That's how we become one in heart. And now let me give you the last area we need to be united in, and that's one purpose. For unity to exist here at church, we all have to be after the same thing. 
And that's really easy because we actually all have the same purpose. God put us here in this time and this place to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. That's why we're here. We're here to help people get closer to God. We're here to help people find freedom from their past. And we're here to help people discover the gifts and the passions that God's put on the inside of them, help them develop them and use them for the most effective for the kingdom of God. We're here to make a difference. And that's why in Ephesians 2.10, it says, He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. We're joining Jesus in his work. That's good stuff. The good work that he's gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Better get after it. So we all have a specific assignment from God. Everybody say, I I have a specific assignment. Your gifts, your callings, they're unique to you. There's nobody like you. There's nobody who can do what you can do. God puts you here in this place for purpose, for purpose. And so we have to discover our gifts and develop them and use them to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. For far too long, we believe that the only ones fulfilling their God-given purpose are those leading at church. It's the pastor or the worship leader or the kids' ministry person or, or whatever. But Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say to go into all the churches and preach the gospel. He said go into all the world. And this means that some of you are called to serve in government and spread the gospel while you're there. Some of you are called to business or education or media to spread the gospel while you're there. God wants his people in every area of influence because that is the only way that we give him the nations. You say, why do you say nations? Well, Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all the people, all the nations. Has this ever stood out to you? All the nations. You mean God cares about the nations? He wants the United States of America to be his disciple? He wants us to be, he wants us to be the ones leading our nation by taking an active role in government and business and education. This is really eye-opening, isn't it? All this time we've been thinking too small. We think God wanted us to make disciples in the church, but he wanted us to make disciples of the nations. This is why when you're at work, your purpose is to bring your coworkers closer to God. When you're out playing sports, your purpose is to bring your teammates closer to God. In, area of, in every area of our lives, we have one purpose, to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. That's our purpose. And when we all unite on this purpose and walk it out, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week and everything that we're doing, that's how we make a disciple of the nation. And we say, Jesus, here's the nation. We discipled it for you. We did what you asked us to do. So let's wrap this up with three simple things that you can take with you today and apply to your life. And here's the first one. I will pray instead of argue. The battle's not against people. It's against our one enemy, the devil. We fight knowing we're victorious in Jesus. He's already won the battle. How do you approach a battle that's already been won with confidence and courage? Your prayer time should be lit up. Slicing that devil to pieces. Lick the bottom of my shoe, right, Coonrod? (laughs) We stand up in prayer to defeat the enemy. And here's the next one. I will seek to understand. Instead of accusing and assuming which we all like to do, we believe the best. Our default, I'm going to believe the best while I seek to understand. I'm going to believe the best while I seek to understand. And when we don't agree, we choose to maintain peace anyway. We choose to maintain unity even when we don't agree. We protect each other. We trust each other. We never give up on each other. And then here's the last one. I will develop my purpose because we're all in this together. So we have to be diligent about discovering and developing our gifts and calling so that we can use them together to do what God has called this church to do, to do what God has called the body of Christ to do. 
to do more than we could ever imagine, right? So let me pray for you. And just like the scripture says, this is gonna be a powerful prayer to be reckoned with. So don't just go through the motions here. Let's all engage in spiritual warfare right now and just believe that prayer is powerful, that this is gonna change things when we pray right here. So Lord, we come to you right now and we're humbled. We're humbled by your word and we recognize that it's truth. And we ask that you plant it deep down in our hearts and that it creates a harvest, a hundredfold harvest. None of this seed was planted on hard soil today. It was all planted in, in fertile soil in Jesus' name. And it's gonna reap a harvest of unity in our lives, a harvest of peace in our lives, a harvest of unity in this church. Lord, we want our community to look at No Limits Church and say, wow, I've never seen a people so united. I've never seen a people so loving. Lord, I thank you for using our church in a mighty way to impact our community for good so we can go out in our community and do the good work that you planned for us. And I pray for every person in this room. I believe that you've called some people to government that aren't in there yet. Maybe they're called to the city council or to serve on a school board or something like that. Lord, spark that in their heart right now. Confirm that in their spirit. Maybe they've already been thinking about it, but this is confirmation that that's what you've called them to do. They're to go in there and they're to spread the gospel. I thank you for those that you've called to business. That money is not, making money is not a bad thing. There's a lot of lies that go on around that, but God, we can use business for good. And I just thank you for that. So I thank you for wisdom on how to build a huge business, to use it for good, to grow the kingdom of God, to fund the kingdom of God and to realize that that's their purpose, that they don't have to apologize about that purpose. And we thank you for that. We thank you for those who are called to education because our kids matter and what's taught to them matters. And so I pray for every teacher here, every, every person that's gonna be a teacher. And I just thank you that you're, you're equipping them to lead these kids into your kingdom. That you're cutting that red tape where they think they can't share certain things or say, say certain things, but God, you will protect them as they share your truth and as they witness to them and share Jesus with them. And that they'll do it at the right time. We just thank you for your love that goes on all those kids because of these teachers. you. Spirit's moving. I'm just not quite sure what he's doing. <laughs> you might know because it might be you. Right, let's get this unction to just sit here and in quiet. Let him speak.
Beth, will you come up here? What's on your heart? I was just sitting there for a minute. um, And as he was speaking, I just felt the Lord say, people are frustrated because they're trying to do this without me. And I don't think that was just for me. I feel like it's the word to the church, the word, the people who actually label themselves as Christians, like I'm a believer of Jesus Christ. We're trying to do it by ourselves. We're trying to feel like we almost have to save the world by ourselves. And it may just be for me, but I mean, you apparently called me up for, for a reason because I was being stubborn and wasn't listening. But the unity is the key of everything. And I also saw a picture of, of uh, it was like a landmass. So like I was on one landmass and it was like literally across the world, almost like China or some other um, nation over there. And I was like doing everything I possibly could to try to get this message across, across this vast ocean. I've never even been to the other side of the world. I can just imagine. But across this message, I get this message across this whole other world to a whole other people but I was, I realized I was standing there by myself. I, you know, I was, I was standing there by myself and I was getting upset because I was trying everything I literally could to try and get this message because my heart was in the right place. I'm trying as hard as I desperately can, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't go anywhere. It just, I just saw it literally like falling to the ocean, all my efforts. And then I, I saw myself just, just growingly becoming very weary, exhausted frustrated, which was causing me to doubt who I was serving. (laughs) And it was like very obviously he's like, God was just, I was sitting there and he was like, they're doing it. They're trying to do it by themselves. So they're getting frustrated. But the key is, is the unity. I have called my people together. I've called my people together. That's the key. Amen. Is there anybody that needs prayer this morning? Go ahead and stand up if you do, if that's you. Dover, come on up, man. Anybody else? You want to tell us what it is, or is it a private matter? He needs wisdom. That's what he's asking for. (laughs) All right, reach your hands towards him. God says when we ask for wisdom, he gives it to us generously. So I just thank you for for Brian Dover here and that you have a purpose for him and you have a specific assignment for him. And your word says that when we ask for wisdom, you'll give it to us. So I ask you, God, for wisdom. Wisdom on who the next employee is for his business. Wisdom on where he should go, where he should not go. Man, he's going to know. Even the littlest details, he's going to know how to form his business, where to put this money, that money, how much to save. He's going to know the specific details in Jesus' name. And it's because he's going to listen to your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, you've always been speaking, but right now, Brian is opening his ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, go ahead and close your eyes. Remain reverent for one more minute here. Because if there's somebody watching, maybe online, listening online right now, or 
Maybe somebody in the room that you haven't yet given your life to Jesus. Don't let another minute, minute go by. Like today's the day to make that decision. Jesus died for you and everything that he suffered through leading up to his death was so that you could live free from regret so that you could live free from sickness and be completely delivered from that tendency that you have to make the wrong decisions. He paid for all that. So only the power of Jesus can free you from your sin. Only the power of Jesus. And he wants to do that right now. And all you got to do is believe what he said he could do. You believe. So step out in faith right now and just say, yes, Jesus, I believe. I want you. I'll follow you. And thank you for your forgiveness. got somebody else who came up for prayer. Anything specific, Gala? For sure. Reach your hand towards Gala. All right, Amy, you lit up to me. It's the one who needs to pray over this, so. (laughs) Being ready in season and out of season. Lord, we just thank you for Gala, for the gifts that you have placed in her and of everyone. Yes, we pray for peace and for wisdom in this time and for comfort. Lord, your Holy Spirit is with us every day. Yes, I just thank you for Gayla, for the gifts that are going to be released, that there is joy, there is peace, there is power. Um, Lord, I just thank you. There is so much potential in her. Yes, we do pray for rest. Mm, Thank you that it is sweet. That it is sweet. Gayla, you can have complete confidence that Jesus is with you step of the way. He has everything that you need. And you have friends. Don't forget. Oh my goodness. We just thank you, Jesus, that you are the one. Your Holy Spirit is with us every day, in every way, in every circumstance. And we just draw on you um, and just have that complete confidence in you. Thank you for Gail. She is loved. She is fully healed. She is fully restored. Fully accepted. I'm so glad you guys aren't in a hurry that people can receive from Jesus. It's good stuff. Everybody say unity. Perfect unity.
Amen. Amen. Well, if you gave your life to Jesus today, you made the best decision ever. But you're going to need some people to walk with you through the journey that's ahead, and we want to be those people for you. So one the, we need you to tell us, though, because we don't know if you don't tell us. And we set up an easy way for you to tell us. Simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883, and we'll reach back out to you and help you through that journey. Yes, Janet. thank you. And we come to you on behalf of the people who were affected by the hurricane this past week, God. And we ask that you comfort them, that you be with them, God, and that you provide for them. Lord, your, your word says that you even provide for the birds. So we know that you can provide, you can bring provision to them in a supernatural way. So I ask that their minds be open to receive from you what you want to give to them. And we thank you for the, the groups and the organizations that are heading down there right now to support these people. We ask that you, you uh, give them the resources they need to do what they're called to do. And God, we just thank you for peace that surpasses all understanding and that you help these people move on into to, uh, their next season of life that'll be better than it was before. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, y'all, last week I told you about how we bought a truck for Mexico, and I even showed you a little Zoom video call of whenever we told the news to Ben, and you all were all in here crying. You were blubbering like babies. <laughs> it was good stuff. I also sent the video out in an email for those who didn't make it last Sunday, and if you haven't uh, got to see that video yet, I'd love to send it to you. Just let me know after service, and I'll make sure that you get it. But we spent we sent $13,300 because he found a great used truck for that amount. So we're like, great, we'll get it for you. Well, it got snatched up before he was able to buy it, so he ended up buying a brand new truck that he found, and here's a picture of it for you guys. He got... <laughs> He bought a brand new Nissan Frontier. He purchased it. He's just waiting for it to be delivered. He should have it in his hands on Tuesday. So hopefully next week I'll have a picture of him in the truck to show you guys. But we had originally planned to send him $15,000 for a vehicle. So I went ahead and sent him the remaining $1,700 just to help him cover the insurance, the taxes, and all that jazz. And some of y'all are still thinking, how in the heck did he get a new car or a new truck for $15,000? Well, it was more than that, but we had another church come in and partner with us to get it all taken care of. That's the kingdom of God, y'all. We're in this together. That's awesome, too. And you were part of this through your giving. Even if you've never given to the Mexico fund, a majority of, the, of this came out of our general fund, which is from your generous and faithful tithes and offerings. So that's the only reason we were able to do, have that surplus is because y'all are so generous. You're so faithful. So thank you for being a generous church. Isn't it fun to be a generous church? It's so cool. So awesome. So if you want to give today and you're giving by cash or check, you can just raise your hands. One of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope, or you can give online anytime. And you to do that, you simply go to the browser on your phone, tablet, computer, type in nolimits.fyi. You'll see a giving button. You tap that and it'll get you where you need to go. 
Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.